Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin Wilson, research analyst at Hickson Zerker Capital Management. And I am Josh Robb, Director of Financial Planning at Hickson Zerker Capital Management. You are the man with two names. That's right. Two first names. That's right. Three, if you count my middle name. Oh, man. Let's not go there. That's too many. So, yeah, we would love it if you would subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. We're on mm, all of them. So subscribe there, even if you're one of our three people who listens to us on Google, subscribe. And we would also love it if you would leave us a review specifically on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but really anywhere you're listening. Yep. Leave us a review that will help us to be more easily located by other people looking for something in our genre. That's a big word. It's yeah. a little word that's really good. Yep. So today, Josh, we are going to be talking about the tourism industry. The world is reopening. Yep. Summer's here. That's Let's right. go. Let's travel. Yeah. Funny story about traveling. Yeah. You ready? So we went on a trip recently with my kids. Mm-hmm. And some of the things you get used to that you don't realize, maybe it's a new experience for your kids. So we went to the airport. And so flying would be a new experience for my youngest. Right. She's four. And I think she's flown once. But because of COVID and everything, she missed a couple of years worth of oh, yeah. the opportunity to potentially fly. But anyway, so we went to the airport. And we were getting to go down an escalator. So I jump on the escalator. I'm behind two of my kids, then two kids, and then my wife kind of spaced out. I'm carrying two luggages plus two backpacks. Oh, yeah. You know, loaded down. So I'm, I'm taking care of that. Right. I turn around because I hear this noise, and my youngest had decided that she wasn't sure about escalators because she may have never been on one for <laughs> as all as I know. I couldn't remember. Yeah. But this moving stair thing was new experience for her. What is this right? thing doing? So she thought the best approach to stairs for a little kid, and it's true, I know you've said the same thing, is you scoot on your butt. Oh, right? yeah. When you see stairs, you're like, you know what? It's easier if I'm just, I'm on my butt. Absolutely. So she sits down and scoots forward. Well, it's a moving escalator. Somehow, it took her shoes off. So I turn around and look, and there's this two little pair of Minnie Mouse shoes heading down the escalator with no feet in them. <laughs> <laughs> and then about four rows behind the shoes, this little girl on her butt heading down the oh, escalator that's as funny. well. So I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So I get off the escalator and set the luggage to the side. And my backpack's off. Other two kids plop them in a spot. So I turn around. I go, well, I got to grab those shoes yep. and then grab this little girl before she gets stuck on the bottom part <laughs> of the escalator. So pull her off. And she's just having the time of her oh, life yeah. riding this thing down. But without shoes, apparently. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to make yourself at home when you're on the escalator. She, she got more used to it throughout the vacation. Yes, that was, see, that was on the way back, deal. it was like, you stand up on this yeah. thing. You don't have to and, move at all. Yeah, it was. She loved the walking. I was just going to say. Whatever. I don't call it an escalator, but uh, the walking yeah, later. Walk escalator. So here's a question. Are you one of the people who stands on that and lets it take you, or do you walk on it and get double fast? Oh, I walk on it to speed through Me that. too. Me yes. too. I'm always a get there early, mm-hmm. grab a bite to eat, mm-hmm. don't be rushed to yes. get to Oh, your I hate plane. being rushed. I like to get there early. Yeah. Too early, probably, for other standards. One of my last business trips, when it ends, they said, you know, schedule your time to be taking the airport, which is fine. And for whatever reason, the way it's scheduled, I got to the airport, I'm going to say four or five hours early. Oh, that's a little too much. That's a, But it, it was, there was no other option, right, like, right. based on transportation. Yeah. But I didn't mind because I grabbed some food, yep. found a spot, sat down, worked yeah. on my little iPad, typing away. And, yeah. You know, it was great because I was, in fact, I was there so early 
that they moved my gate like three times. Oh, really? <laughs> just because of how busy and everything. Had I got there at a normal time, I would have just seen one gate number. Right. But I was getting moved around, and which was totally fine. But sad story, bought a blueberry muffin. And I was like, I'm going to have it. this blueberry muffin. And I was like, I'm not going to eat it until I get on the plane. That'll be my snack on the plane. Yep. Left it. For four hours, I carried this thing around. Carried <laughs> we it from just spot waiting. to spot to spot. Left it in the last spot before I got on the... Oh, that was, was $5 so you never got back. Oh, so I was so upset about it because it looked really good. Too. Yeah. Like airport, I'm like, eh. But this looked like a very good muffin. Yeah. And I'm sure it was probably That's amazing. So, Hopefully yeah. somebody enjoyed it. I had it. a similar experience with my last business trip, which was pre-COVID because mm. it's been pretty much yes. shut down. So yeah, I was in LA and conference wrapped up and they arranged a nice transportation. They had a bus for us to get us back to the airport. I was with another guy who was going to Detroit from LA. Nice guy. So anyway, we're like, looking at our clocks like holy crap we gotta get moving we gotta get moving like and we can't control the travel yeah, it's what it control is the traffic it's la yeah. oh my goodness it's terrible you can't control the airport you mm. can't control anything so we get there and we were like if we have a, like a long tsa wait or anything like we are just You're we're gonna, gonna be in trouble no we walked right through pretty oh, much great. everything and we had enough time we were like sat down had a beer chilled just hung out and had a nice half hour rest before That's we nice. got on the plane so I hate being rushed. Oh, I don't like it. I will. Get I will there say early. it is just much different traveling with kids oh, man. than it is with your spouse. With your spouse, it's a lot easier than it is with kids. But when you travel by yourself, mm-hmm. it's oh, even another yeah. level faster. Yes, it's because so convenient. my standards for food on the road and my standards for stuff are a little bit lower, so I'm quick. Yeah, we just flew my Luggage. wife and I, and I have the TSA pre-check, oh. and my wife does not. And I was going through the regular TSA line with her, staying together. And I nice get up, guy. and the guy looks at me, he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I said, like, eh. I'm flying. He goes, no, like, what are you doing in this line? I said, yeah. no, I'm with her, and she doesn't have it. So <laughs> I'm trying to keep those arguments to a minimum. So, Josh, are you doing any more traveling this year? I do have uh, business travel later this year, and we are driving to a family trip with my wife's family. So, yes, South we Carolina? Have a, yep. Mm-hmm, go on a trip this late summer yeah. for that, and so that'll be the big one. And then later in the fall, I got some business travel, but yeah. nothing nothing too big. What about you? Yes, similar business trip. A couple maybe coming up this year. As I said, business travel is opening back up mm-hmm. as well. Haven't done a whole lot of that since COVID. So in my role, a lot of what that is is due diligence with managers yep. of mutual funds or whatever investment vehicles we're investing clients' money in. So that's always a good time to be able to go to different places and see those. So a couple of those coming up as well as we are also driving to South Carolina with both my parents and my in-laws. No, and, that'd be fun. So then my little brother and my daughter, obviously. So it's just going to be a party. We're getting a beach house late summer as well. Maybe we'll be gone the same week. I don't Ooh. know. We were waving at each other across yes, the beach. Right. But anyway, that. And then I have my annual motorcycle trip uh, also yes. coming up. So we're actually going north. Don't go south in the summer. It's hot. hot. Humid. Go north. Yes. Why, are we, why don't we go north? Cool. So we're going yeah. north. So anyway, that that is our travel plans. But as we said, yeah, the world's opening up. Travel's mm-hmm. opening up. Things are getting back to normal. And we thought we would talk about tourism. So, Josh, here are a few facts. I love facts. About the economic importance of the tourism industry globally. Now, some of this data is a little bit dated, but it still should get you in the right direction. Well, you'd almost want some dated tourist information because last two years are kind of an anomaly. Don't look at 2021. Think about a little bit more normal. So, the tourism economy represents 5% of the world gross domestic product. 5% 5%. is a chunk. It's 1 20th. Tourism contributes to 
6 to 7% of total employment mm. around the world. International tourism ranks fourth after fuels, chemicals, and automotive products in global exports. The tourism industry is valued at about a trillion dollars a year. It accounts for 30% of the world's exports of commercial services and 6% of world total exports. 1.4 billion, with a B, international tourists were recorded in 2018. That's according to a big tourism industry database. In over 150 countries, tourism is one of five top export earners. And tourism is the main source of foreign exchange for one-third of developing countries and one-half of less economically developed countries. So definitely some big numbers there. Mm -hmm. Tourism is important to the economy. Yes. Not just here, but around the world. Yes. And like you mentioned, those emerging countries, that's a big chunk of... Oh, it's huge. Yeah, and it's actually helped some of those emerging countries become a little bit less emerging and more developed of economies. And one of the reasons that they've been able to do so well is often because governments encourage tourism because they understand the economic opportunity there. So here are a couple thoughts on why governments encourage tourism in general. So number one, it brings in foreign exchange. So that comes in really in the forms of two things. People exchange. Yep. So international travelers are often some of the most generous and lavish spenders. This is really good for the local economy, which ultimately turns into taxes. Yep. They often also bring in currency from their home country. So, for example, we're dollar-denominated. We're United mm-hmm. States, American citizens. When we go to a developing nation or you know, even like a place like Mexico, yep. we're taking our dollars with us. They're happy to take our dollars yes, they love because dollar. our dollar is a lot stronger and a lot more stable than something like the peso. Mm-hmm. So think about that times millions of people, and you've got a dollar-denominated locality yep. in a developing country with a developing currency – that locality is going to be a lot more stable and economically independent, which is pretty Now, cool. I've never exchanged my dollar for peso, but I have exchanged it for queso. I would take that exchange yes. every day. Any day, every day. Any day. Another reason that governments encourage tourism is because it generates employment. Obviously, more demand for services and goods equals more jobs, and more jobs equals more income for the economy to thrive, and ultimately, again, more taxes. Taxes are good for governments. And there are two forms of employment, really. There's direct employment, which is like the jobs that are immediately associated with tourism industry. This might be like hotel staff, restaurant staff, taxi drivers, things like that. There's also indirect employment in this industry, and that includes jobs which are not technically based on tourism, but they are related to the tourism industry. So like a fisherman, for example... He does not directly serve like a tourist, but he does have some sort of way of where he'll sell his fish to the hotel, which then serves tourists. So he's indirectly employed by the tourism industry because without those tourists, he would not be supplying fish to the hotel. All of this really combines to create economic activity, and economic activity is quite lucrative for governments who want to grow. Yes, and a lot of developing countries, one of their most valuable resources is their their land. Mm-hmm. You know, you think like around for us, for instance, it would be some of those islands in the Bahamas and, you know, the Caribbean. There's a lot of natural beauty there that they can utilize to increase their income in yep. their taxes. That's interesting. We don't necessarily have a booming tourist industry in Northwest Ohio. Nope. Not a lot to see here. Corn. Corn. Beans. Beans. Depending. Wheat. That'd be a really good gig to be a wheat planter this year with the yes. Russia-Ukraine mm-hmm. situation going on. So yeah, tourism, depending on, yeah, you can use those natural resources. Beautiful places. My brother lives out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Big tourism industry because it's so pretty out there with the Grand Tetons and everything like that. The Snake River and like 
very small community outside of tourism. Yes. Because some of these places are really hard to get into, get out of, get things into and out of, but the natural beauty brings people there. Yes, right. So, Josh. Yes. I think you got something for me. I do. I actually have two dad jokes of the week. Oh, yeah. They're both travel-related and animal-related. So it's Two of Josh's favorite things. Yes. Where do cows go on vacation? Mm, that's a cow noise almost. I don't know. Moo York. Moo York. I was yep. thinking of something moo. Now, sheep do not go to Moo York. No. Obviously. Do you know where they go? Boston. No. Bahamas. Ooh, but mine was yes. good. Bahamas. Bahamas. That's good. Yes. So that's what I got for you. Good job, uh, Josh. I like it. Yep. Those are the dad jokes, plural of the week, or animal jokes of the week. So, a couple well, things. Last one. Y'all bring it. What happens when a pig gets sunburned? On the beach. Something it's bacon. bacon. Yeah, it's bacon <laughs> on the beach. I love bacon. It yeah. is a food that I don't think I ever get sick of. Now, I don't eat it like by the pound, but... Because it's not healthy it. for you. I eat it a lot. I, yes. Like in moderation. It's good. In yes. moderation. That's a good call. So let's talk about the tourism life cycle. Because yes. as we talked about governments encouraging the industries to grow in their areas and the benefits of the employment and things like that, these things, uh, they don't happen overnight. It mm-hmm. takes time, and they don't always work out forever. Yes. So, there are six stages of the tourism life cycle I'd like to talk about. And number one is the exploration stage. At this stage, tourists really have not yet discovered the area that we're talking about or whatever. It's considered remote and exotic by adventure tourists. Only a very few amenities are even there. There are a lot of possibilities for expansion in the future because there's not a lot there. Like the moon. Like, that is a, there's a lot of room. Yes. A lot of room. The restaurant on the moon. That, the cheese. Great food. Great no food. atmosphere. No atmosphere. Yeah. You're on a roll today. I'm just telling you. Stage number two is the involvement stage. At this stage, the tourist numbers increase. Infrastructure develops, mm-hmm. such as airports, accommodations, attractions. Employment expands into direct and indirect, like we talked about. Jobs and the place become more known to people. Yep. So that's the involvement stage. Then becomes number three, the development stage. And at this stage, there's rapid growth in tourism investments. Jobs increase as demand for services and amenities increase. Promotion campaigns increase. Effects on the landscape are present. Improvements to infrastructure and elaborate accommodations are made. Sometimes even tourists may outnumber the local population. Uh, That may involve importing labor and tourists from elsewhere because local demand has been exhausted for both. So that is an interesting stage there. Then fourth comes the consolidation stage. So at this stage, the destination is part of the domestic and international tourist industry. It's critical to the economics of the area. Large proportion of employment is in tourism, and the investments include both domestic and foreign. Fifth, stagnation. Mm. Mm. So at this point, the area loses its attractiveness, becomes overused, and there's overcrowding. Facilities are no longer being planned or developed. It's not as lucrative. And then sixth, and finally, there are a couple different ways this can go. Once you've reached the stagnation phase, and that is rejuvenation or stability or decline, because at this point, the area has kind of lost its attractiveness. It becomes overused. It's not necessarily great. So you have to say, this could be an area that's just been overdone. And that would then lead to decline. You could say, it's just going to maintain where it is, but not really anything new happening. And you could get a new wave of investment or a new opportunity or a new take on it. So those are kind of, that is the six stages of the tourism life cycle. The hope is to stay somewhere around three and four, right? Yeah, or even even prolong yeah, that as three, long as possible. Four, yeah, the key is probably not to overgrow. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you overgrow, you're going to hit that real quick, and then it's going to slow down real quick. Yep. So steady and stable growth, and that's how governments can incentivize to kind of manage that over time. So it seems like it's all roses, right? Nope. There are actually some downsides to tourism, and number one of those is leakage, and it may sound gross. That's if you don't follow the drinking regulations yeah. for the local water. We don't, yeah. we don't want to talk about leakage. But leakage, in terms of economic leakage oh. in tourism, that's when money, it, when it's spent in the country, it doesn't remain in the country. It ends up elsewhere, therefore limiting the economic benefits of tourism to the host destination. The biggest culprits of economic leakage are multinational and internationally owned corporations, yep. all-inclusive holidays, and enclave tourism. Enclave tourism is where you like keep all the money flow relatively contained, so like cruise ships, mm. small condensed tourist areas, things like that. So those are areas that create leakage and really don't do the ultimate economic good for the locale. So an example would be, I mentioned like the Bahamas. So the, let's say there was like a Hilton hotel in the Bahamas, they're owned here in the United States. Oh, yeah, they're they would profits then, back. The money would come yeah. right back out and not be staying in a local. Mm-hmm. One, a local or at least a portion of it, yeah. Yes, gotcha. Sure. Another one downside is infrastructure costs. So tourism development can cost the local government and local taxpayers a great deal of money. Tourism may require the government to improve their airport, roads, other infrastructure, and that's very costly. Money spent in these areas may reduce government money needed in other areas, such as education or health. So you're always there's so only a focus on that. They're there's not a finite amount of dollars. The, the citizens, yeah, exactly, yeah. finite amount of dollars there. Another one is potentially an increase in prices. So increasing demand for basic services and goods from tourists will often cause price hikes that negatively impact local residents who, who their income does not increase proportionally. So what this does is it may cause rise in real estate demand, which may dramatically increase building costs and land values. And this often means that local people are actually going to be forced to move away from the area that the tourism is. This is known as gentrification. Yep. And another one is economic dependence. So many countries actually run the risk of becoming too dependent on tourism. The country sees dollar signs and places all of its efforts to grow tourism. And while it can work out well, it's also risky. If for some reason tourism begins to lack in a destination, then it's important that the destination has alternative methods of making money. And if they don't, they run the risk of being in severe financial difficulty if there's a decline in the tourism industry. And another example of this is 2020. Yes. Like, think of some of these emerging market economies, Mm -hmm. beautiful beaches, great tourism locales or whatever. And then, like, their entire economy is dependent on this. And then, boom, none. You have zero. Mm -hmm. For, like, all of 2020. Yep. That was a tough economic year for those areas, and they had to pull it from somewhere. Now, a lot of them probably just took on debt to float along, but not great. Now, a lot of them are probably making up for it now because they can charge whatever they want, and people are happy to do it. Yep. And last but not least, foreign ownership and management is often an interesting challenge or downside to tourism. So... As enterprise in the developed world becomes increasingly expensive, many businesses are choosing to go abroad. And while this may save the business money, it is usually not so beneficial for the economy of the host destination. Foreign companies often bring their own staff, which limits the economic impact of those employed locally. They will also usually export a large proportion of their income to the country which they're based, like I said earlier. So those are some of the downsides to tourism. It's not all rosy. It's obviously huge, though, and yes. it works some places. Yeah, with it being making up 5% of the global GDP, there is there is money to go around. It's just a matter of do you have the 
natural resources that would be a desire for right. people to come visit or see. You know, you can't have a ski resort here in Ohio that compares you, have to... Have you been to Mad River Mountain? That compares to Colorado, because yeah. what we have here versus there, they're totally we different. We have a bunny hill. Yes. Which I grew up skiing on, Josh. And on it, that nice hill. It was a hill. I'll give it that. You are exactly right. So the question I like to ask myself when thinking about these themes and trends yes. is, how can I invest in it? How can you invest in it, Austin? I'll tell you, Josh. Thanks. There are some stocks. Now, this is not a recommendation to yep. invest in any of these stocks. Obviously not. Do your own due diligence. Talk to your advisor. Make the decision that's best for your financial yep. situation. But you know, Only pick it if it's a good ticker. Only pick it if it's a good t- I'm getting to good uh, You tickers. got a couple good I'm ones. I'm them. excited. So some stocks that really aren't great tickers Except for airline stocks, love. Yep. Southwest Airlines ticker LUV. Yep. That's they a good, grab that that's one. A great they grab ticker. that one. They grab that's that one. That's a great one. ticker. Now, I read an article. They're struggling because they expanded during 2020, 2021. Yep. And now they're struggling with their own infrastructure to yeah. keep their flights going. Right. And it's a lot a of it's staffing. Yes. It's staffing. Well, that's, yeah. They expanded saying, oh, yep. look at all these opportunities to grab new space. They did not anticipate or did not do a good job of making sure they're fully staffed to cover those consistently. Exactly. And then other airlines, obviously, Delta, DAL, yep. American Airlines, AAL, some hotel resorts. One of them's near and dear to Josh's heart, and that's Disney. Yep. Been they there a lot. Their own. Giving them a lot of your money. Yep. That kind of going back to what you're talking about is, you know, the number of people they employ at oh their resorts. Goodness. It's you know, crazy. Yes. And so there's a lot of sub-industries that support just the people there working. Yep. So. And they have their own hotels, they have their own resorts, they have their own cruise ships, they have their own theme parks. Yep. In addition to, you know, movies at yes. the wazoo. And sports uh, and everything. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another one is Marriott. Yep. Marriott International, ticker MAR. Another one, it's kind of newer, is Airbnb. Yeah. A-B-N-B. Yep. Airbnb, which is, you know, vacation rentals by owner. Yep. So those are some individual stocks to capture this trend. But here's where Josh gets excited. Yes. Because there are some ETFs or exchange-traded funds that give you more broad diversification to multiple companies mm-hmm. in a particular theme. And as a reminder, if you ever want to know the difference between an ETF and a mutual fund, we have an episode. And we will That's link right. it in the show notes. So one of them is the ETF MG Travel Tech ETF. Ticker mm-hmm. A-W-A-Y. Away. Away. Travel. Another one is the Defiance Hotel, Airline, and Cruise ETF. And what is it being defiant of? I don't really know. It's defiant of something. I guess. But the ticker is C-R-U-Z. Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, I like so it. That's not, those are pretty good tickers. Josh approves. But Josh, the question for you yes. that I always ask. You always ask me this. I change my I feel answer like every I time. Could, yeah, I feel like I could almost answer it for myself, but I want to hear it from you. Josh, should you invest in travel and leisure, tourism, all of these things? just depends, Austin. Oh. It really does. It comes down to, again, your strategy your goals, your objectives, your risk tolerance. But again, as we talk about in a broadly diversified portfolio, chances are you have some exposure to this sector. Because 5% of global GDP means globally diversified it's portfolio, you probably have that somewhere. Yeah. And again, airlines, hotels, they're, they've been around for a while. They're in some of the larger passive investing funds. You know, If you're using some sort of tracker for the index, the indexes are going to hold these. So if you're globally diversified... You probably do. Absolutely. Should you focus in or be heavyweight in it? That really depends on what your goals and objectives are. But chances are you have some exposure to this because of how big it is in the overall global economy. So, Josh, wrap us up. Yeah. Anything for our listeners? You know, the big thing is when you're thinking through this from an investment standpoint 
is people historically, I mean, I'm not just talking about recent, but all the way back. I mean, they want to explore and see what else is out there, right? We live here in Ohio and I could describe to you a cornfield, but I'd love to see mountains and I'd love to see other things, right? The ocean, that's nowhere near us. So travel is something that I don't think is ever going to go away from the standpoint of people wanting to see other and experience other things. So, you know, from a long-term trend, I do think this is something that is there. Now, how it will happen and how people do it, that'll vary over time. You know, airlines, they've been around, but not forever. The Wright brothers helped us figure that out. Well, over 100 years. Yeah. So the idea is, is this something long-term trend to be invested in? I would say travel, yes. How and where and what, that, that'll vary. Because guess what's, what's coming? On. Space. Yes, that's right. Know. But yes, that is, it is a good theme that is not going anywhere. I think naturally as humans, we are curious. Mm-hmm. And curiosity is where you go. You get the fix when yes. you go somewhere that's not where you live every day. It's also good to go home. Yes. It's good to go home. Yes. And we are happy that you have made our podcast player your home for listening to that's this right. episode. And we would love it if you would share this episode If you enjoyed it with friends and family talking about tourism, travel, whatever they're thinking about, share this episode with them and email us any ideas to hello at the invested dads, Dot com. We would love to hear from you, or if you have any ideas for future episodes. Or a good place you want us to or a place come see. You, ooh, come ooh. see or record a live episode yeah. on the beach. I think that sounds like a great I business. Five for that. Let's do it. So we would love it if you would do that. Thanks for being here, and until next Thursday, have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.